we have with us in studio, uh, I'd say a friend and a colleague of mine, uh, Jerry Frankie, who assumed a new role with the Kenosha Innovation Center. Uh, Jerry was formerly with Wispark, which took on and led a number of really, really impactful and huge developments across the region. And he is a, are you a lifelong Kenosha resident? Jerry? No, uh, but I uh, grew up in Horicon, okay. a little town about 40 But you're Wisconsinite. I am so, a cheesehead through and through, proud of it. So when we first saw each other, when you came in today, you mentioned that I made a, a small error in my reporting on Bobby Knight. What was that? Well, in 1968, when I was looking at colleges, one of the ones that I thought about only briefly because of the Vietnam War was the University of Wisconsin. I was a junior in high school and uh, getting ready to be a senior and they uh, recruited Bobby Knight to be the coach of the UW Badgers team. And somehow that leaked out before he got back to West Point, where he could tell the officials at Army that he was leaning towards coming to Wisconsin. He was so irritated by that that he took his name out of consideration. Wow. Well, I'm not surprised. After looking into Bobby Knight a little bit more, he seems to be the type of person that doesn't want his plans disrupted. And if He's they are... very controlling. Okay. Well, and it, it just... Again, looking at his leadership style and looking back, it's interesting that history is, is so kind uh, to people uh, like him. And I think there will be a lot of people who are inspired and continue to talk about his legacy. Well, I really like coaches like Tim when I played organized sports in school. Uh, they, they expected things out of you, and they weren't afraid to tell you when things were going wrong. And that, I've always appreciated that. Will, would that type of coaching fly in today's day and age? Probably not. Probably not. Especially the part where he, like, didn't he try to strangle a kid or <laughs> I, I can't remember that you know there's so many stories uh, yeah. from that era you know I, I watched a thing about Charles Barkley the other night and I forgot all about him spitting on that fan you oh, know, because if there's a guy I'd like to have a beer with right now it's Charles Barkley okay uh, he's my kind of guy yeah he says what's on his mind well and I think Charles Barkley is also in real estate He's in everything. Oh, he's I'm the in guy everything. In magic uh, touch. <laughs> but it could be that could be kind of like kind of like your connecting point, uh, <laughs> dear Mister Barkley. We have a common interest. That would be fun to connect with him. So, let's get to you and and your new role. Um, tell us a little bit about your history and background um, in commercial real estate, and then what led you to this new role at Kenosha Innovation Center. Sure, if you don't mind, just I went to UW Platteville. Uh, I was going to be an engineer, and I found out that I didn't care about the underground techniques or uh, technical aspects, but learned enough about geography and economics to understand that real estate development, planning cities, was what I wanted to do. So I I worked uh, for my first 13 years. Uh, Well, first of all, I met my lovely wife there. Uh, We just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. Thank you, Lynn. Congratulations. Uh, We have two wonderful children. Uh, Nate, who you know, Mm -hmm. is out in Arizona, literally and figuratively the hottest real estate market in the United States. I like that. And our younger son, Michael, is an engineer with General Electric, and he uh, is involved in uh, uh, developing software for managing the electric grid. And that's as far as I can explain in his role. And, and he's going to have s- some major job security, yes. <laughs> something tells me. <laughs> yes. Sure does. Um, I started out, as I said, 13 years as a city planner, city development director, city manager in uh, Des Moines and Waterloo, Iowa, and ended up in Janesville, Wisconsin. Um, due to a decision, I went to work for Tommy Thompson for the first 15 months of his election, elected career as governor back in the mid-80s and was uh, involved in promoting the state. Um, I was. It was at that time that I got introduced to the Wispark job, which was a dream job. Uh, it, you know, as I look back at it, 
We did over 4,000 acres of business parks, uh, millions and millions and millions of square feet. And by the way, we were doing it in the Kenosha Racine Corridor for the most part. Before, it was really cool. Right. <laughs> in fact, there were a lot of people from Illinois that laughed at us when we first developed Lakeview Corporate Park. Uh, the, that led to uh, really a number of opportunities in the Kenosha Racine Oak Creek Corridor, what I call Metro South. And uh, it's fun to see how successful that area has been. I retired in 2017 uh, after uh, 30 years at Wish Park, the last uh, 17 years as president. Did every kind of job in real estate development that is imaginable. And it was, you know, for someone who was going to be a planner, it was fun to end up in that in that role. Uh, I didn't really fully retire, though, because, uh, you know, real estate developers have a... They know, never do. <laughs> they, they typically continue doing what they love doing. I went to work for Racine County. Uh, it was shortly after that that Foxconn was announced, and there had not been a multifamily project developed east of the interstate in Racine County in the years since before 2000, and we at that point thought we were going to need literally thousands of new housing units. Uh, so we had to work with municipalities to get them comfortable on that. Been working with the city of Racine during the time that their development director position was vacant and on the redevelopment of the Regency Mall, which uh, uh, we're seeing with all of the malls that are going through transition in the Milwaukee area, there are some legal issues that really cause delays in being mm-hmm. able to get that done. And then everything else that's hit the fan uh, in the last uh, five years has really you know slowed down development. And, and now I'm working uh, with the Kenosha Innovation Neighborhood, which is a nonprofit group that the city of Kenosha has charged to oversee the de- redevelopment of the former 107-acre Chrysler engine plant. So... so- Remind remind folks kind of how that came about, how that came to be, the fact that you've got all this acreage for redevelopment and then some of the plans and the opportunities moving forward. Sure. Uh, Kenosha was the site of one of a few automobile plants where they put the vehicles together at one location and to literally had to move them back and forth between the lakefront plant, which is now a beautiful uh, higher density residential development called Harbor Park. Uh, and and the, then, you know, after about another 10 years, the, the engine plant was shut down by Chrysler. And it took a long time and a lot of money and a lot of leadership by City Mayor, uh, City of Kenosha Mayor John Antaramian uh, to get the resources to get that site ready for redevelopment. It's literally in the center of town. It's 107 acres now. And just recently, uh, the uh, Lakeview Technology Academy, which John Beekler and I uh, developed in Lakeview Corporate Park as a STEM, you know, science, technology, mm-hmm. uh, uh, math and, uh, and whatever. Engineering, <laughs> Engineering I think. Engineering, thank you. <laughs> yes. I should know that. Uh, we developed it. It's become the second best public high school in the state of Wisconsin, and they're moving it closer to the community now where it's going to be more accessible to a broader range of students. Uh, and then next spring, that, that should be uh, occupied in late 24. Uh, next spring, uh, we anticipate the construction of the Kenosha Innovation Center, which will be like a current-day incubator uh, where businesses can come in and get started with a focus on technology. Sure. Uh, the, the, the objective is to create a cool neighborhood where a multiplicity of uses can occur at the same time. Well, and you've got the, the 107 acres. You've done all the remediation, right, yes. to get it ready for development. Yes. I mean, that that's one thing that thing that listeners might not understand is is, is the contamination right. that occurs and it, it's very widespread it, it takes down the value of the property and it costs a lot of money to get development ready so you've done that work and now you're marketing to clients and saying look at we've got 
the the Microsoft data center. We've got all of this other land, even though Foxconn didn't materialize the way we all thought it would. There's still the infrastructure to to prepare that land so that that there can be more manufacturing jobs, more tech jobs. And so you are ready right there waiting. So you're going to do a school. You're going to create. A tech hub, housing, is that all part of the plan housing, as well? It'll be a true mixed-use development. You know, one of the reasons that uh, the uh, KIN board reached out was Drexel Town Square, which was an 85-acre former manufacturing site that we you know, converted to Drexel Town Square. Uh, the, that experience will be very helpful in taking what is a conceptual plan at this point and through the input of the city, the, the residents, the KIN board, the business community, getting it from a concept to reality. So do you envision, uh, so so just to back up for those who don't know, you were the the developer, the main developer on the Oak Creek development, yes. the town center. Yeah. And the town center concept is really what, from what I've seen, is driving a lot of suburban or exurban real estate development mm-hmm. Now, post-pandemic, just because of where people live, how people want to to spend their money, how you can really finance a deal like that with those different mixed uses, including the public sector. I mean, you had City Hall right there in Oak Creek. I always like to remind Steve Scafidi that he voted against moving the City Hall and the library. right now. Uh, It was while he was running for mayor after the current mayor had passed away unexpectedly. There was an election. And uh, Steve took the populist position that was prevalent you know we don't want to we don't need a library we don't want city hall to move blah 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 well after he was elected he became the strongest leader uh, for drexel town square and a lot of our success was due to his leadership he saw the light and i I want to stress leadership because we are making it impossible as a society for people to be leaders Uh, we get elected officials who you know they're questioned for everything they do you know leaders are people who take us where we don't necessarily want to go but we have to go. And that's a quote from Rosalind Carter, of all people. Uh, we need more leaders because commercial real estate development is going to need the public-private partnership as we try to deal with the new era that's coming. We'll talk about that when we come back. Jerry Frank, Frankie, the executive director for the Kenosha Innovation Neighborhood. We'll talk a little bit more about that town center concept and the importance of public-private partnership when we come back. I'm Tracy Johnson, in for Steve Scafidi on WTMJ. Welcome back on WTMJ. We're joined in studio by Jerry Frankie. He is the executive director of the Kenosha Innovation Neighborhood. And I sometimes wish that we could have the microphones on during the breaks because we cover a lot of really important ground. Uh, but when we were talking during the break, uh, Jerry, we were, we were really talking about the, the shift and the migration and how some of these communities that are right next to each other can experience very different outcomes in terms of population and the, their their attractiveness to business. Can you talk a little bit about that? You've worked with Racine and you've worked with Kenosha. So what's going on there? Well, uh, in 1988, when Kenosha, uh, Pleasant Prairie, and the uh, Summers were trying to deal with the uh, significant reduction in, in employment at Chrysler, uh, they worked together to do a boundary adjustment agreement, which uh, got everybody a little bit of something and irritated everybody by a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but the most important thing is it got 
a pathway to the interstate for the city of Kenosha. They are now developing out into Paris. I mean, they have got almost unlimited ability to grow. Uh, <laughs> obviously, they have some limitations, but it, it's really opened up their chance to be competitive in a very strategic and dynamic location right over the state line from Illinois. And a lot of Illinois people are wanting to get out. Um, when I uh, came to town, the population of Kenosha was 85,000 people. When I uh, We lived in Mount Pleasant because uh, it's just where we could find housing at a pretty difficult time. Uh, the population of Racine was 85,000. Today, the population of Kenosha is 105,000. The population of Racine is 77,000. Now, the the villages are starting to grow around it, but one of the major impediments to growth in Racine was this uh, idea that developers would pay to extend the uh, major utility lines, sewer and water. They had to pay for the laterals that served their, mm-hmm. their developments, but they were also being expected through, through some... Uh, Commercial so residential charges for each unit to pay to extend that, and they didn't have to do that anywhere else. And as a result, it actually was a deterrent to development in that area. So when, so remind me and others, how far off of the interstate really was the major development of Kenosha? Because that artery, that 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 artery, really is significant. Not only does it connect the main hub of Kenosha. Mm-hmm. But it also creates all that that developable land adjacent to the to the artery. So, talk about that. Well, uh, again, uh, the, the the lakefront is almost eight miles from the interstate. The Federal Highway Administration, when they laid out the interstate, didn't do Kenosha and Racine and several other communities across the country any favors by being built as far away. So that's still a challenge for the built up parts of the communities is getting people mm-hmm. that extra twenty minutes that are. Traveled, traveled over some pretty congested streets that are very difficult to expand. Uh, Lakeview Corporate Park is a mile and a half off the interstate. People don't see it. You used to see the big plumes from the power plant that was there. Mm-hmm. By the way, I would have never guessed in my lifetime that that power plant would disappear. But that's oh, yeah. that's a you know part of yep. uh, our society, changing how we generate electric power. Uh, but there's now over $2 billion worth of development. That's literally a mile and a half off the interstate. That happened because of uh, the forethought of a gentleman by the name of Dick Abdu, who was the key official at uh, WEC, Wisconsin Energy Corporation. Uh, as part of the agreement to build the power plant there, uh, they said they would build a, a business park. I don't think anybody ever anticipated it would be 2,000 acres, but that's what it turned out to be. Well, and, and you had talked about leadership uh, earlier in the segment, but really talking about the relationship between those investors, those developers, and the elected officials. I, I think in a lot of circumstances, especially nowadays, they're almost pitted against each other. Development bad, uh, housing good, this type of uh, real estate bad, and this type good. So how do you, as somebody who's kind of worked across residential, commercial, industrial, how do you think about working with elected officials and what's so important and what should municipalities and municipal leaders be taking away from this conversation? I'm going to uh, flip the coin here and turn that, throw that back at you. Actually, organizations like CARW and NAIOP, uh, Jim Villa, mm-hmm. uh, there should be a uh, an effort to include elected officials, city planners, development directors in those bodies more directly so that they can talk about real estate development when it's not part of reviewing and approving a specific project, but that they can understand what developers go through. I was in both seats, mm-hmm. and, and I know 
that most city planners don't care what the market says. <laughs> you know, right. they just have this vision for what the land use should be or what the the uh, con- connectivity should be. Uh, but everything boils down to: is there a market for what you want to develop? Because if there isn't a market, most likely that project will fail. And so you have to be very conscious of that. Uh, and the third thing is, is that uh, I told you I serve on a bank board. You know, so I've, I've got the three legs of that stool covered. Uh, government through planning and regulation, developer, and then finance. And those are all drivers of uh, making our communities better. No, and, I, uh, I love that. And I work every day trying to you know keep everybody moving yes, and keeping people positive. <laughs> so when we come back, Jerry, I want to ask you about some of those projects that are going to take some vision and some forethought and some leadership. And, and quite frankly, there are some unpopular decisions that that may or may not need to be made. It's 1027 on WTMJ. We're in studio with Jerry Frankie, Frankie from the Kenosha Innovation Neighborhood. 1030 on WTMJ. Talking with one of the titans of commercial real estate, Jerry Frankie, I've known for, boy, I've been in the industry for 10 years. I knew you back when I was microphone when the early I, 2000s when i was a tenant in your building right yes yeah this this whole area here <gasps> that's this right was we the, were this here was developed when people would go oh we can't be on the west side of the river that was you know they were talking about one of the great transitions oh my thanks gosh. to the to the deer district and and the uh the, the fisher form and all those things uh the the mso facility over at the grand theater i mean this was almost like uh no man's land uh, and then it's through really effective community leadership. Uh, yeah. They have transformed this area tremendously. I, I can't believe I didn't remember that. We, we did the Boston store. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we bought that and redeveloped it into the apartments and the uh, uh, new headquarters for the Bonton and reduced the size of the department store from five floors to two floors. A really crazy project. Your fingerprints are on so many things throughout this we city. We built the building out of 211. We basically did everything outside of the parking ramps around this corner here wow and are you pleased with the redevelopment opportunity is this a, a, a best practice that other communities can take a look at and say yeah, hey. we can't afford to continue to, to convert green land into developed land uh, first of all we need the central components of the utility infrastructure mm-hmm. and every time you just build further out it creates less demand for land inside the donut it becomes this hole so I really am a strong proponent of finding parcels like the Kenosha Innovation Neighborhood, like Drexel Town Square, like the Regency Mall, huge parcels that have a higher and better use in today's world than they did 40, 50, 60 years ago when they were developed. Wow. And now, I don't know if you saw it, but right here in the 3rd Street Market Hall, they're the Coles right. that just opened. Yep. I came out to get you in the hall, and it yeah. was. I was like, "Oh, there's a Coles right there." That's and I know nice. the, the the folks who did that. They're great. They're developers out of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, we sold them the property, and uh, they've done a fantastic job. Wow, more to come on that. Although yep. I do think they might be a hundred percent full. I believe they are. Wow, that is a story that we never thought we'd be saying. Right, right. west of the river. Right. So speaking of west of the river, going way west of the river. The topic that continues to be on everybody's mind is American Family Field. And yes, there's discussion about how we do, how do we fund the maintenance and the upgrades that are needed. But the conversation around the, the development opportunities in the parking lot, what is your take on that? And should we be looking at that seriously? Sure. I, I understand. Um, first of all, I'm very concerned that we get too many entertainment districts in town. Yeah. I think we need to concentrate on the ones we have 
and make sure they remain vibrant, that they remain dynamic and change with the times. Because, you know, we just came back from a 15-day trip to Europe, and we saw a lot of the old, you know, including Pompeii, and, and how those cities were laid out, unbelievable, for, for centuries. We're changing every 10 to 20 years. Uh, so I, I hope that we keep uh, focused on the existing districts. To me, uh, I'm a part owner of season tickets, go to about 10 games a year, only tailgate once a year, but I walk from my car through the tailgating areas. I see how important that is to the families mm-hmm. of Wisconsin. I don't know that we should mess with that. Now, uh, that having been said, uh, we're making a massive investment in the interstate between the Zoo Interchange and Marquette. You would like to see that spur development. Uh, so I'm going to throw a spitball against the wall, which is what developers do. They, they throw <laughs> stuff and see what sticks. Okay. Uh, what about the former Kamatsu campus? Mm-hmm. Is there a way to incorporate that in to the to the Miller? Oops, excuse me, American Whoa. Family. Well, I'm not a <laughs> American Family yeah. Field uh, neighborhood. And uh, to me, that's a, a way to look at it. Uh, but keep the parking. Uh, as much as I'd like to see a higher and better use of asphalt parking lots, just not sure that this is the one to do it on. Well, and perhaps the the use for the Kumatsu site, whether it's multifamily or mixed use, there's certainly demand in that area, especially as we continue to see more jobs coming closer to downtown Milwaukee. You look at West Dallas, which is adjacent to that West Milwaukee kind of area, and they've got hundreds of apartments and they're already pre-lease. Yep. So perhaps that could be uh, an idea. I just hope that it doesn't mess with the financing plans. I feel like yeah. this is kind of like a, a distraction to say, okay, well, what about all these considerations? I mean, the fact is we need to get this funding package put together. We need city, state, uh, county leadership to really say, we want to do this. We want to move forward and, and get this done. All right. So overall temperature on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel 10 being very positive? How do you feel about commercial real estate development in the next 24 months? I'm a solid five. Wow. Okay. (laughs) There are just way too many headwinds that anybody can say they know what's going to happen. Now, the the one thing that's really critical is we need to address the housing issue, Um, workforce housing. And by that, I mean the housing that serves the needs of the families that are making between 80 and 120 percent. We need to do even more dynamic changes to state laws, provide state programs, local programs than what was enacted. That was a good start, but there's a lot more to be done. Jerry Frankie, Executive Director of Kenosha Innovation Neighborhood, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for all your work and leadership. It's it's great to be with you today. I just want to say one last thing. Sure. I want to thank, like I said, Dick Abdu. He took a flyer with me. Um, Gail Clappa. Uh, he was, uh, you know, not particularly enthralled by being in the real estate development business, which he was absolutely right in today's world. And then uh, Tommy Thompson, who was a real leader. Uh, it was a real pleasure to work with those three gentlemen. Well, and you've certainly um, fit in that category of, of leadership. So thank you so much.